Turner or click to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I want to share a message asking this question What controls you? What controls you? Now, there's some people you read that title and think, oh, nothing controls me. If it were that easy, I wouldn't do a whole sermon on it, first of all. Um, Paul, and, and, and by the way, Romans chapter 8 is one of my absolute favorite chapters in the entire Bible. I love, love, love this chapter. And um, it talks a lot about the role of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. And uh, Paul, beginning in verse 5, he, he gives us a little lesson to examine how we are controlled in everything that we do. What, what drives us? What causes us to act the way that we act and to think the way that we think and to believe the way that we believe? Now, some people I've noticed, maybe you've noticed this too, they could be motivated, and actually, that could flesh itself out to be something very, very strong and passionate, but they could be motivated by the wrong thing. Some people have a, a belief system or a system of values or convictions that are based entirely on emotion, for example. Or they're based entirely on a person's past or maybe your past hurts. And I will tell you that we cannot allow the wrong thing to control how we go through life. Paul actually gives a, uh, a dueling contest, if you will, for us to see what does and what does not control us. I want to share that with you here today. So, if you're able to, would you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 5. Y'all ready? Okay. Here we go. Those, this is out of the uh, New Living Translation, by the way. I love this translation. <clears throat> Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. These are Paul's words, not mine. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. 
Let's ask ourselves today what controls us. You ready? Jesus, I pray that you would really help us to do yet another evaluation of our hearts and our spiritual lives today. And God, that you would speak to us through your word and meet us wherever we might be at in our spiritual journey. And, and God, uh, nudge us closer to you, I pray. And it's in your son's name that we ask all this. And we all said, amen. 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 You may be seated. What controls you? <clears throat> Anybody else just loving the dose of pollen that settles in your throat at this time of the year? Oh, it is so fun. I mowed my grass. It was either that or bale it. And so I mowed my grass yesterday. And uh, I think I've got half of the yard uh, in my throat right now. So uh, if I sound like a demonic entity, don't worry. Nothing bad has happened. It's just the pollen, okay? So, all right. So again, there are some people that might be listening to this and watching this and you're hearing this and you're like, well, nothing or nobody controls me. But according to what I just read from the scriptures, we're actually going to be controlled, every single one of us, by one of two things. We will be controlled either by the sinful nature or by the Holy Spirit. We will be controlled by the sinful nature or by the Holy Spirit. I was listening to a podcast yesterday of a, of a man who served in... Uh, Iraq lost both of his legs, but he is a very strong uh, born-again Christian and uh, has actually become somewhat of a conservative commentator. And I appreciated what he had to say on this national syndicated podcast or this national po podcast where he said there's a lot of people, they want Jesus to be their Savior, but they don't want Jesus to be their Lord. And like, we, we want to go to heaven, right? Okay, just checking. So we want to go to heaven, but do we want Jesus to be Lord? Do we want to be controlled by his Holy Spirit? And that, to be honest with you, and I love our, I love our country. We are so blessed to live in the United States. We really, really are. But this is kind of where our free democratic mindset can play havoc with our spiritual lives because we are so dependent, oh, I'm sorry, we become so independent as a country, we forget that we still need to be dependent on God. Amen. Now, again, the true mark of maturity in a Christian is how dependent we become on God. Jesus. Think of that. Our culture says we raise our children, they eventually leave the home, they get married, make babies, and have their career, everything's great, and, and our goal is to nudge them hopefully to a life of independence. But God's goal is to actually nudge us to a life of dependence on him. It's total opposite. So the question again is, what controls me? Am I governed, am I ruled by his Holy Spirit, or 
Am I controlled still by that sinful nature? There are some things that cause me to do the things that I do and say the things that I say and believe the stuff that I believe that is not necessarily from God. And because of that, it's actually something rather sinister spiritually. I'm not suggesting that anybody in here is demon-possessed, okay? So let's not go that far. In fact, if you know Jesus Christ, uh, you don't ever have to worry about that. Can, can you say amen? And if anybody who preaches otherwise is giving you a false gospel. That was totally free, by the way. Even if they have a YouTube channel, it's still it's not biblically accurate. So we're not saying that. But how many of you know that... When we get saved, there's some things that God still has to work out in us and has to deal with in us. And how we flesh all that out and the stuff that we do and the things that we say and the stuff that we believe, all of that is coming out as a result of being controlled by either the Holy Spirit or the sinful nature. And so how do we evaluate that? How, how, do we, how do we know that we're making the right decisions? How do we know that we're doing the right thing? L- let me try to answer it this way. May- maybe we could ask ourselves three really honest questions today. In fact, maybe we can open the door to the Lord answering these questions for us. Let's take a look at these. First of all, let's ask this question. What dominates my thoughts? What dominates my thoughts? Where do I camp out mentally? Where do I camp out with my thought life? Uh, Let's see what Paul had to say. Right at the beginning of our text, he talks about the way that we think. And he says this, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Now, this is big because I've met a lot of Christians who mentally, they kind of set up shop in their thoughts on the wrong thing. And they are almost obsessed with or they are constantly thinking about or dwelling mentally on the wrong thing. Things that tear us down. Things that uh, are against God's word maybe somebody said something nasty to you this week. Maybe even, hopefully not today, but, but, but maybe recently. Okay, you've got a choice, for example. You could dwell on that, or you could choose not to let that thing occupy space in your mind. I'm not saying that we ignore our problems, But where do we dwell? Where do we live mentally? See, here's the deal. When we become followers of Jesus, there's a transformation 
that is supposed to take place. So if we are children of God, there's a change. And this is what a lot of people don't get because they just want their free ticket to heaven. And they don't realize that becoming a child of God means that we end up thinking or trying to think like him and act like him and speak like him and do things that he would do and avoid things that he would avoid. We, it changes everything. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Good place to say amen. amen. So, are you living out as a new creature? A new creation? Part of that is changing how we think. In fact, I will tell you that most of it is changing how we think. Because if we can allow God to transform our minds, it will transform our behavior. See, and here's the problem. We, sometimes we get mad when non-Christians don't act like Christians. Right? I can't believe they would cuss me out. I can't be- They've not been transformed. They don't get it yet. I can't believe that they'd be so mean. They don't get it yet. They've not been transformed yet. Now, now the problem comes when we claim to be transformed and we're still cussing people out. Okay. Okay. Then the- <laughs> Then there's a problem. And so this is where then, as a follower of Christ, we need to say, okay, 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 what's controlling me now? Okay, what's controlling me? I've told you this before. I've got a mind. I don't, know, I don't know if yours is set up like mine, but mine goes all over the place. All at one time. Okay, I'm preaching this message to you do my best to connect with you, but I'm also kind of thinking about lunch. (laughs) I am. And and, and then in the back in there, there's like, boy, you know, I hope I can see Guardians of the the Galaxy with my son today. That'd be really cool too, you know? All, while while I'm up here sharing the word, I know, don't send me emails, okay? It just, it's the way God made me, all right? Golf league tomorrow. That just popped in my head too. See what's going on up there? Oh, it's a racket. It's a racket up here. And so, so my mind can, <laughs> my mind can be a terrible thing to waste. My 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 mind can just be a crazy place because if the wrong thing is motivating these thoughts, and then I choose to camp on those thoughts, then there's a problem. Because here's the deal. Well, I'll say that in a little bit. Let me show you another verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's a popular verse. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? How? By the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That verse did not say, be transformed by changing your actions. Why? Because 
if I get saved and I try to do good stuff, but I've not been changed in my mind, all I'm doing is good stuff. And it, it, it's not resonating like God wants me to do it. See, but the Lord wants my works to come from a changed mind and a changed heart. It emanates from what God does inside of me. What I do outside of me comes from what Jesus has done inside of me. Does that make sense to anybody here today? And so that's why your transformation and my transformation comes by allowing the Holy Spirit to renew my mind. And so we have to be very careful with what we dwell on. Why? Because we will become those things that we mentally dwell on. If all you do, if all you do is think about how people have wronged you, and that's, that's, how, that's your thought life. That's your thought. Guess what you become? You become a defeated victim. And I got news for you. Jesus promised it. You will have trouble. So it's going to happen. How do I respond to that? Folks, if I dwelled on every single mean thing said to me, I don't think I'd have the strength to make it through the day. But some of us, that's exactly why we are unable to function. We are so focused on what other people think. We are so focused on what somebody else said. And what will it do? It will mess up our lives. So what am I supposed to think about then? Sports? (laughs) Food? And those are great things. That's a really good thing. But Philippians 4.8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, look at this list. Whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Those things that you dwell on, you will end up talking about a lot. Those things that you dwell on, you will post about on social media. And that's why, mm, sure, that's why, that's why there's a lot of ugly right now in the kingdom. Because we have people that call themselves children of God who don't even act like it on social media. And we call it courage. And, oh, I'm so brave, but you know, me and my keyboard muscle. But listen, listen, really what it is, it's really an extension of what's on the inside. And man, if you're mean and nasty online, you're a mean and nasty person. And I personally don't want to hang with you. No offense, if you're mean and nasty, God can still get a hold of you. But we're just not going to be best buds. Because we don't need that negativity. So be careful what you dwell on mentally because that will affect how you act. That will affect what you post. That will affect what you say. Secondly, 
What dictates my behavior? Hmm. What dictates my behavior? We first asked, what dominates my thoughts? Where do I dwell mentally? Now, secondly, not just what dominates my thoughts, but what dictates my behavior. Why do I do the things that I do? Why do I act the way that I act? Look what Paul has to say again in verse 7. He says, For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Paul is writing to Christians here. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who did not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. See, here's the deal. If the Spirit of Christ is in control of us, then we will live a life of very strong obedience to the Lord. Let me say it again. If the Spirit is in control of us, then our lives will be marked by a very strong, passionate obedience to the Lord. Always. Even even if it is not great for you, even if it doesn't promote you, but you still obey God. Because it's more important that God be lifted up than you. Oh, I should say that again. It's more important that God be lifted up than us. If the Holy Spirit's in control of me, then that's going to govern the decisions that I make. That's going to that's gonna govern how I treat people if the Spirit's in control. If the server doesn't give you your refill today during lunch, and I know that for some that's an abomination. You know what? Relax. Relax. Maybe they've had a bad day. They don't need a Christian to make it worse. How will you treat that person? You know, it's one thing to treat people great when they're at their best. It's another thing to treat people great when they're not at their best. I'll move on. We obey the word of God, priority one. First priority, I'm going to obey God no matter what. Look at the scripture says in 1 Peter, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. Remember that change? There's a thought change, and now my behavior changes because my thoughts have changed. So I don't do these things anymore that I used to do. I don't do those things that, that are against God's word. I, that's not part of my life. Jonathan and I had a funny experience <laughs> this past Thursday. We were at the driving range. It's one of those, um, it's like Top Golf, but the one locally here is called Big Shots. How many heard of that? Four? Great. And uh, so this is going well. And um, 
so we, we decided that we were going to hit some golf balls there on, uh, on Thursday because it was kind of cold, and, uh, and they got the heated bays and, and all this, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, you did not need to know that. So we're in there, and we're, we're hitting golf balls, and, and some gal uh, from corporate comes up to us and says, Hey, guys. You know, she's being all cute or trying to be. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, would you like to have your pictures taken? And, and you'll, you'll be used in our advertisements. Really? And we'll give you a $25 gift card. I said, well, okay. <laughs> They'll buy an order of onion rings over there. But uh, okay, okay, well, what do we got to do? And, and she says, uh, we just need you two guys to sit at the bar. And we'll take your picture. And Jonathan right away says, I think we're going to pass. And she looks at us like, she goes, guys, $25 gift card. <laughs> and I, I went to her. I said, I said young lady, um, I, I, th- there's a problem here, you see. If my picture, see, I'm a pastor here locally. And uh, if my picture is on the advertising of me bellying up to the bar, I'm going to have some explaining to do to every single person who knows me. And so I'm not, I, and she laughed. She said, oh, yeah, I guess that would be bad. I said, <laughs> so I was like, okay, how about the, at least the gift card? I didn't get the gift card either. <laughs> like a free onion rings or anything, nothing, nothing. And, uh, but I thought, you know what, 20, $25 is not worth my witness. $25 million is not worth my witness. And, and it, it would have been easy for Jonathan and me to say, eh, you know, we'll take our chances. It's 25 bucks. But we thought, no, no, no. We just, I'm not going to risk, I'm not going to risk anything that God's done in my life. I, I don't even want to come off like I'm causing someone to stumble, even a little bit. And, and I think when the Spirit controls us, and trust me, I'm still trying to please the Lord every single day, okay? Every single day. And he has to work on me every single day. But when the Spirit controls us, that's going to affect the decisions, and sometimes they have to be made quickly, that's going to affect our decisions because there is a greater thing at stake than just my comfort and my popularity and my anything. And what's really great is the fact that God will put us in situations to glorify him, even if it means that I have to sacrifice a little bit or not get something that somebody else would want. How many understand what I'm saying here today? And so God changes our behaviors. We obey him as he leads us by his Holy Spirit. Sometimes God has led me just to have some quick conversations with people. I'm not reciting the four spiritual laws. I'm not making them sit down at Giant Eagle and say, here we go, three points to start with P. First of all. (laughs) But maybe it's just a conversation that can nudge somebody a little bit closer to Christ. That comes from little nudges of the Holy Spirit is what that is. I love this quote that you see on the screen. At all times, obey the Lord. 
and let him deal with the consequences of your obedience. He can handle it. God's bigger than a $25 gift card. God's bigger than a promotion at work. God's bigger than people thinking you're so great. God's, God's bigger. He's bigger than that. And that's what governs us. It's the Holy Spirit. Psalm 119 verse 60 says, I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. I love that. So please stop with that. You know, the Lord's really been dealing with me. Uh, you know, should I sin or not? Okay, I, I, I think we're good here. Okay, so don't over-spiritualize. Be quick to obey the Lord. Here's the final question to ask you today. What demonstrates my priorities? What are my priorities? Now, I know we're getting to an election season. And it's amazing to me. (coughs) Stupid pollen. There will be no pollen in heaven. I guarantee you that. But it's amazing to me to see some Christians shift their priorities from a heavenly kingdom to an earthly one. Now again, if you follow politics, and I do, and if you're solid behind a candidate, I'm not yet, but if you are, great, good for you, wonderful, but, but your priorities need to be his priorities. Verse 10 says this, and Christ lives within you. So even through your body you will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Our priorities change when we're governed by the Holy Spirit. Let's take away politics. It's really a battle between the earthly and the eternal. That's really what it is. For example, when earthly priorities dominate, then the sinful nature is winning. If all I'm obsessed with is is me and my salary and my career, and again, all those things are important, okay? But where are they on the priority list? When earthly priorities dominate our lives, then the sinful nature is in control. It's winning. But on the flip side, when eternal priorities dominate, the Spirit's winning. You see, earthly priorities would have have said, cool, gift card. Hopefully nobody sees. Eternal priorities said, no, no. My witness is way too important to us. Earthly priorities will say, you know what? In, in fact, I'll just, I'll just say this. There have been people, I've been here 20 plus years. I'm losing count now. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people that were so dedicated here on Sunday morning, but because, because their job became more important to them, even if they own their own business, even if they're self-employed, Making money was so much more important than coming to church. They're not even attending a church anywhere. Anywhere. What happened? 
earthly priorities took over and became more important than the eternal. How you act, how I act when we're out there in the community, the things that we say, we should keep that eternal perspective in our minds at all times. So let me break it down this way and then we're going to then we're going to pray. First of all, let me ask you this. What drives you? What drives you? What really motivates you? What really motivates you? What causes you to get up in the morning? That is what you're passionate about. That is what demonstrates to everybody what your priorities are. What drives you? Let me ask you this. What upsets you? What breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? What, what really makes you mad? Did the things that upset God upset you? There, there, there was a shooting down in the Dallas, Texas area yes, last night, yesterday. Uh, I, I was horrified. I was heartbroken. I was absolutely heartbroken when I saw it on social media. And, and I would advise any of you, don't look at the footage because it's horrible. And I thought, those were people. We don't know where they were. Those were kids. Those were moms and dads that, that just gone. That broke my heart. And I still want the things that upset Jesus to upset me. What you laugh at, you will accept. What you cry about, you'll pray about. And what moves you? What moves you? You, you, you know what got me excited last week? Seeing three people get baptized. Cena, Cena, nine-year-old boy, stand for Christ in his school and get punished for it initially. And then God worked that out. I didn't finish the story. <laughs> he, he was told, okay, don't come near the girl that heard you quote the Bible verse. Just stay away. What's he do? Goes right to her. <laughs> and grandma asked, why did you do that? And here's, here's his response from this nine-year-old. He said, well, didn't Jesus say that we should ask for forgiveness? He said, I went to her and I asked her for forgiveness. <laughs> so the kid should be baptizing me. That moves me. That moves me. To see a life change, that moves me. When I see people who were stuck in the throes of addiction and now they're free, that moves me. When I see lives totally changed, that moves me. When, when, I, when I see a group of college students walk into our church and, and they are blown away, not, not by my incredible sermon, which stinks, 
But, but what, what really moved them was the fact that there were so many people in this building who said hi to them. That was their takeaway. That moves me. Want to know why? Because we're making a difference in people's lives. Because God is, God's using you. God's using you. What drives you? What upsets you? What moves you? That's, that's going to show me what your priorities are. Second Corinthians. Jonathan, if you could help me. We fix our eyes on what is seen. But what is unseen since we, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We focus on the eternal. That's what motivates me, the eternal. If, if I see people in sin, I don't laugh at them. They need Jesus. They're certainly not my enemy. They need Jesus. I'm not going to belittle them. They need Christ. That moves me. Seeing people escape hell and populate heaven, that moves me. Maybe it should move all of us. Amen? So the question I have for all of us today is, what, what controls you? Is it, is it the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, or is it our sinful nature? That sinful nature is going to play havoc. It's going to infect the things that we think about, the words that we say, and the stuff that we believe. But if we're led by the Holy Spirit, and to be honest with you, the response to this message really takes place when you leave here. It's going to take place tomorrow at work. It's going to take place when you find that person that you don't really get along with. Hopefully you're not sitting next to them. It, 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 begins, it begins when you're confronted by something that's kind of difficult. Are you governed by what the Holy Spirit says or by what your sinful nature says? Don't let pride dictate how you act. Don't let your feelings dictate how you act. That's a weak foundation. Let the Holy Spirit dictate how you act. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you today. And I'm going to ask the Lord just to search our hearts. And if there is something in our lives, and we can sense it, where the Holy Spirit is not as involved as he should be in some aspect of our lives. Today we're going to ask God to help us redo our priorities and change how we believe and let him transform our minds and transform our words. We're, we're going to ask that. But then, then you, you, you got to flesh this out, out there. That's, that's the true test. Not on a Sunday morning. It'll be on a Monday morning. And so I'm going to pray that God gives you strength and gives you the sensitivity to be absolutely controlled by his Holy Spirit in all that you do. So would you join me in prayer? God, I'm asking you now that your Holy Spirit would be the source of our behaviors, that your Holy Spirit would be the source of our words, that, our, that your Holy Spirit would be the source of what we believe and why we believe it. God, may what we're passionate about be led by your Spirit. 
yeah, God, if we could be uh, great sports fans. God, if we could be involved politically. But Lord, what we really need to be passionate about is you and nothing more than you. So Lord, some of us, we might just need to shift our priorities where maybe we've put you third place or fourth place and we need to put you first place. God, show us what needs to be done for that to happen. So Lord, may we be governed and led and controlled by your spirit. And God, when we wake tomorrow morning, God, when we live the rest of this day, may that be our guiding force your spirit. And I'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to 